You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is one of the most common disorders seen by child and adolescent psychiatrists and one of the most common disorders of athletes of any age. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Dr. Antonia Baum. Dr. Baum is a founding board member and the vice president of the International Society for Sports Psychiatry. She is also assistant clinical professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at George Washington University School of Medicine. In addition, she has an active private practice in Chevy Chase, Maryland, where she has worked with professional, college, and high school athletes, as well as weekend warriors. Welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here. Dr. Baum, this is really a topic I think that most of us don't even think about. Why is ADHD so common in athletes? In particular, when you have kids with the hyperactivity component, you can easily imagine where if they're having difficulty sitting still in class and they're constantly being admonished for that, and if their impulse is to be hyperactive, literally, then sports is going to be an adaptive thing for them to be doing. And so it's often completely unconscious, but I think that kids with ADHD sort of self-select often for athletics. What are the unique challenges that an athlete with ADHD might have? Well, you know, it's interesting because though they do seem to self-select for it, and there may be some advantages which we can talk about in play on the field, literally. If you get a bunch of kids trying to do basketball drills or soccer drills, and a bunch of them have ADD and have difficulty with attention and concentration, it may be next to impossible to run a structured, organized practice and convey coaching to these athletes. Are coaches even knowledgeable enough in general to know that that's what the issue is? Unfortunately, not nearly enough. And that's where, you know, I think our job remains is a lot of psychoeducation You know, unfortunately, probably one of the last bastions of stigma for the field of psychiatry would be the world of athletics, where people are very loath to admit or acknowledge these kinds of difficulties. But if coaches were more knowledgeable about this and could actually get these students and athletes to treatment, there'd be a lot of benefit all around. Now, do ADHD patients have any uh, positive sorts of traits when it comes to athletics? Yeah, very interesting. I was recently talking to a coach whose own ADHD was diagnosed in his adulthood after his own children were diagnosed with it, which is not an uncommon scenario. But he will talk about there being a certain instinct or reactivity in a game setting that actually is hampered by treatment. If you think of ADD or ADHD as not necessarily pathology, but as a different way of brain wiring, that sort of reactivity and a quick kind of instinctive decision-making that's almost, almost physical as well as mental can be most acute in an unmedicated state. And there's another phenomenon in sports that might require more gross body motion, like let's say swimming, where somebody with ADD may be very well adapted to that kind of gross motor movement and the monotony and the almost zen-like thing that happens underwater in the pool. So you can actually sort of guide these patients to maybe to particular sports and use 
common sense and judgment about when to medicate and when not to medicate. Now, I would think that compliance would be a huge problem in these patients. It is, I think, in athletes as well as non-athletes, in part because of some of the side effects of the psychostimulants, which are sort of the most usual treatment for ADD and ADHD. Uh, One is that the sometimes jitteriness, difficulty sleeping, the effect on appetite. So yes, those can be problems. And another problem, a huge problem with these medications is I actually do consulting for United States Anti-Doping where we will look at cases of athletes who have been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD and are on stimulants and their stimulants are banned in their particular governing sporting body and they are applying for an exemption so that they can continue their sport on their medication. And so that's a big issue and sort of a hot-button topic right now. It really is a big issue. I I treated a boy uh, since he was a young child up through his college career, and he was a a very competitive college athlete on methylphenidate. And what we had to go through to get him approved by the NCAA to continue his medicine was, was really formidable. I can imagine. And, you know, I have even seen changes in the few years that I've been doing this consulting for the United States Anti-Doping Agency in that we used to, not for any really good logical reason, we would enforce that, okay, you've been on a stimulant for the better part of your life and doing great, but in order to participate in this sport, you're going to have to try an alternative medication. And we sort of all knew that it would fail, but we felt like this was a hoop we had to jump through, and we started to see the futility of doing that, and we kind of rethought it and are changing our tactics. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Tony Baum, Vice President for the International Society for Sports Psychiatry. We are discussing the problem and, and maybe benefit of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder in athletes. Dr. Baum, it seems fairly obvious, but but maybe not. What is the list of banned ADHD meds? You know what? It's impossible for me to say specifically because every different sporting body has a different list of banned substances, and some actually ban all psychotropic medications across the board. It's a real problem because it's just sort of this reflexive phenomenon, the idea being, gee, you know, these could be performance-enhancing. And that's kind of the bugaboo. That's where it all hinges on is, does it help performance or does it not? And, you know, it's interesting because I myself have had the experience of knowing that, for example, a drug as seemingly benign as caffeine, I can run a whole lot better. So are a lot of these things performance enhancing in certain situations? Yeah. But where do you draw the line? The lines are very, very gray. Uh And I would think there's probably really no literature to guide us here. Unfortunately, there's a real dearth of literature in this field, and that's where a lot of our work is cut out for us. I would assume that all of the scheduled stimulants are a no-no, that Ritalin, Dexedrine, amphetamine, et cetera, that, that that seems pretty obvious. But you're saying that even things like antidepressants sometimes are banned depending on the agency. Yes, amazing but true. Yeah, and especially if you think about the enormous stress that these athletes are under in competition that if they're doing well on a medicine like an antidepressant and they have to stop it before their their meet, what jeopardy that that may place them under. 
That's right. And that there again is where I think education is really important because you can't just take somebody off a medication. Now, you mentioned caffeine. Is that against the rules? Again, in many sporting bodies, it would be. Any caffeine or are there milligram kinds of limits? There again, it would depend upon the organization. But if you're sensitive enough to caffeine, you know, if, you, if you're not dependent upon it, which so many of us are, and you take a little dose and, you know, you try a workout with and without, you'll see how performance enhancing it can be. But I would think, again, in some sports, it would be a negative. Certainly, if you had a tremor from caffeine and you're a biathlete, that might be a bad thing. That's right. In fact, you just you just picked on the, the very sport of many that I often highlight as one where, obviously, it is so important not to have any kind of a tremor, that, that unique sport where one has to bring one's heart rate down from being incredibly tachycardic and, and pumped up full-out skiing cross-country to stopping, slowing the heart rate, aiming a rifle at a target and shooting is one of the most dramatic. Archery would be another example, of course, of where a tremor would be. Um, But there are many other sports, of course, too, where that kind of steadiness and hand-eye coordination is so critical. Now, the mythology in those sports is that these athletes might tend to look towards beta blockers in an attempt to artificially lower their heart rate. Do they really do that? They do. So that is another area that one needs to be attentive to because, of course, beta blockers lower blood pressure, and that could be a real problem in an athlete and, you know, lower the pulse. So, you know, it really amazes me how athletes and and coaches and sort of hangers-on seem to really be at the cutting edge of psychopharmacology, and they're always trying to uh, find something that's not banned that might be helpful. Yeah, I mean, it's the old adage that they're always one step ahead of the agencies who are, you know, looking at their urines and their serums. It's really true. You know, it's a constant job of sort of chasing tail. So back to ADHD specifically in athletes. Any other words of wisdom for those of us that aren't sports psychiatrists? A general attentiveness to what could be helpful to a particular patient, like could involvement in athletics be therapeutic for a child with ADHD? But if so, with careful attention to what sport is one choosing and then when and whether to adjust medication for games versus practice sessions. Certainly there are examples where treatment detracts from performance, but how might treatment enhance performance in these ADHD athletes? Well, one example would just be in building up skill sets during coaching sessions, during practices, that it might be very important to kind of lay down some of that mind-body kinesthetic sense by being medicated during practices so that one can really focus on what they're doing, attend to the coach in drills, for example, but that it might not translate to a game where their performance might actually be kind of dulled by the stimulant. Well, I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Antonia Baum. We have been discussing ADHD in athletes. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.